Come on in. Hey. Good morning. China, ni hao. Oh, what a privilege for me to preach here today. I have seen that uh, we combine Soul Food and Super Sunday together because we really want to make this day a day for your whole family, especially for the children. We want your children to enjoy. A few weeks ago, I took my children to see the real shark. They were so excited. I am 42 years old. I still remember. <laughs> I still remember when I was a little kid in China, my dad took me to see the shack for the first time in a restaurant. <laughs> I would never do that to my kid. So we went to an aquarium. When we went there, I saw the shack, but I was so disappointed because shack should be free spirit, should be sensitive, and should be powerful in the water. But the one I saw was just another big lazy fish in the tank. The problem is, if you put a shark in a tank, it will lose its beauty. My kids couldn't tell the difference, but I could, because I had seen a real one before. I am not talking about the one I saw with my dad. <laughs> I saw the real one in the ocean. A few years ago, I went to an island called Palau in Southeast Asia. I went there to learn diving with my friends. In one of the diving spots, we could see sharks face to face. I remember that it was an early morning. Before we left our hotel, I asked my diving instructor, hey, can we just go to see the shark after the breakfast? He says, of course. Of course, you need breakfast. You can't go to see a shark on the empty stomach because you need energy. I said, no, no, no. I mean the shark's breakfast, not mine. <laughs> I don't want to see a shark on the empty stomach to see me first thing in the morning. <laughs> so we went there. The shark I saw on that day were much smaller than the one in Auckland. But those sharks were much more powerful. I knew that species of shark would never attack humans. I knew they were not interested in Chinese food. <laughs> but I still kept safe distance with them. I still kept the distance. I didn't want to disturb them, not because I was frightened, but because I was enjoying the moment. That was the beauty of God's creation. Those sharks, the way they lived, fulfilled 
the purpose of God's creation. Scientists have found out that as top predators, sharks help to maintain the healthy ocean ecosystem. They control over the species under them, below them in the food chain to keep the diversity of the ocean life. So God never created a shark to be a fish, a pit fish in the tank. God created shark to manage, to prosper the whole big ocean life. So my question for you today, my friends, are you living your life like a shark in a tank? Or you're living your life like a shark in the ocean to fulfill the purpose of God in your life. Living in the ocean is challenging. We know it. It's, it's not as safe and easy as living in the tank. But what is God's purpose? We live in a country. The geographical, uh, the geographical location of New Zealand make us feel like, well, we're kind of away from the trouble of this world. Unfortunately, what happened in Christchurch just awakened us to the fact that we are actually facing the same challenge here. We are in a remote place, but we are not isolated from the world. Living in the ocean is just like us living in this world full of challenges. So what is God's purpose for us? What is God's purpose for his people in this day and age? How do we live on purpose for God? When we live in a place surrounded by different people. They think differently, speak differently, and act differently to us. That is challenging, but don't worry. Today, we are going to find out the answer from the Word of God. Before I get into scriptures, let me give you a brief of the context. In the 6th century BC, the Jerusalem was destroyed by the Babylonians, and most of the Jewish people were forced to leave their home and to serve the king in the city of Babylon. In those days, Babylon was the place where people worship the fourth god, the god of lust, the god of terror, and the god of violence. It was a place full of human arrogance and defiance. That was not a good place for people who believe in true God. So in the, in the Bible, Babylon is the symbol of the world we are in now. It conforms the people to its will, not to God's will. So what is God's will for us? In the letter of the Apostle Paul, we can find out, let's see, Romans chapter 12, verses 2. Do not conform 
to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to taste and approve that what God will is His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Yes, no matter where we are, no matter who we are surrounded by, God's will. For his people, it's always good, pleasing, and perfect. We know it because God speaks to us through Paul's letter. In the sixth century BC, there was another prophet. His name is Jeremiah. He was not captured by the Babylonians, so he sent a letter from Jerusalem to reveal God's purpose. To the people who were in Babylon, let's see what God spoke to those people. Jeremiah chapter twenty-nine, verses five and six. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, so that. They too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Obviously, when they were excited to Babylon, the first question they must ask God: When can we get out of here? We don't want to live with the enemies and to face the challenges every day. So a false prophet even told them, "God would take you back to Jerusalem just in two years." However, from what we can see here, it doesn't look like two years. It looks like three generations here. That was seventy years in Babylon. Seventy years in Babylon. I believe God was teaching. His people, a lesson, a truth of life. Do not run away like prisoners escaping from the jail. You must learn to face the reality, and then you will find out. No matter what circumstance you are in, no matter how tough the circumstance is. No one will stop you from being fruitful and being abundant in life. I believe today God is telling us the same thing. So my first point is: Don't run away from your challenges. We cannot win the battle by running away from it. It is challenging, but the good news is, God never leaves His people alone. When we were determined to face our challenges, God will reveal His good, pleasing, and perfect will in our life. When Pastor Mike appointed me. To be the outreach pastor, my first reaction is run away from it. 
we all know it's so challenging to knock the doors of those apartments. It's so challenging to start a conversation with people about God. It's so challenging to invite the strangers to the church. My understanding about outreach is I'm going to talk to the people who don't want to listen about something they don't want to know. Why am I doing this? Let me get back to my fish tank. I prefer people visiting me. The attitude of people nowadays has changed over the years. I remember Pastor Bob once shared with me in our staff meeting. When he first started serving the church, he used to drive his truck to the car park of supermarket. And then he will stand on the deck of the truck, preach to people. In those days, people would just come, listen, even got saved in the car park. When I first heard that, I couldn't believe it. It blew my mind. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine a man who, like Bob, used to drive a truck? How could that be possible? People have changed over the years. We are facing a different reality now. So when I first started building the relationship with those apartments, God has opened many doors for me. God has opened many doors for me. So now, I'm willing to face more challenges. Just sending flyers to the apartments is not enough. I must bring prayers into those apartments. Flyers only help open the little box. But prayers will open people's heart. Flyers. Flyers only make people know what we can do for them. Prayers will make people know what God can do for them. And that is their purpose. I want to pray for those people face to face in their apartments, especially for those who had never known God, for those who had walked away from the God. I want it so bad, so I am asking more from God. Last week, I got a call from someone in our congregation. This man said to me, Shane, one of my friends introduced me a patient who is in a critical condition. My friend asked me if your church pastor can visit this man and pray for him because he lives in a city apartment. When I heard that, I knew that was God's will for me to pray for this man. That was God's will for this man to witness God's love. So I went to the apartment, I met this man. I see his families. I say to this guy, Brother, today I'm not here 
to ask for help from God because I know God is helping you now. God has brought me here to give you the answer, the answer of healing, the answer of hope. This man once got baptized many, many years ago, but he also walked away from God for many years. His wife is not a Christian. After my prayer, she was tearful and grateful. And at that moment, I realized God's purpose was not only to heal this man. God's purpose is to bring the salvation to the whole family in this apartment. So I have kept in touch with this family because I am looking forward to it. So dear church, we are not running away from our challenges. We will face it because once we are determined to face it, we are going to find out God's good, pleasing, and perfect will in our life. So what is the next step? We can't just face the challenge without doing anything. So let's see what God spoke to those people in Babylon. Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 7. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. We all need peace and prosperity, especially when we are in a new place surrounded by new people. It might happen when you get a new job, when you move into the new community, or when you immigrate to a new country. God was telling his people, when you are in a new place, when you are in a strange place and surrounded by different people, I will bring you the peace. When you first make peace with those people, I will prosper you when you first prosper the people around you. So my next point today is you will be blessed as you become a blessing. I used to work in construction industry. We all face different challenges in our workplace, but I know one of the challenges for most of the employers in construction is the work ethic is disappearing. For many people nowadays in our society, hard work is not a virtue anymore. They just want to get the most amount of the money with the least amount of effort. Unfortunately, it never works that way in real life. So what is the work ethic of Christians? 
Let's see the letter of Apostle, the Apostle Paul. In Corinthians chapter 3, 26 and 24, whatever you do, work as it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. I know a Christian, Chinese Christian carpenter in my workplace. And this man, he is always consistent to present the high quality job. I once asked him, what motivates you? He just gave me the scriptures. Whatever you do, as working for the Lord. That's his work ethic. For me, he is a great teammate because he makes my job easy. I'm not saying he is perfect because of his work ethic, because he is a Christian. He got weakness. He makes mistakes. But he is always responsible and approachable. When things go wrong, I know he will come back to fix it without any hesitance. This man not only prospered people in his workplace, but also he prospered the people in his community. He contributes to the local church. He invites people to know God. He even sponsors a, a pastors in a small village of China. And God not only prospered this man in his workplace, God rewards him with miracles. I would like to share one miracle with you because I know many of you here today are immigrants. This man is an immigrant. Okay, when you apply for the uh, immigration to New Zealand, you must pass the English test. Okay, but I know there is no way for this man to reach the level, not even close. Sometimes I even struggle to understand his accent in speaking Chinese. <laughs> so, don't, just don't touch English. So it's impossible for him to meet the English requirements, but it is possible for God. His application just got approved. Let me clarify it. There was nothing illegal or dodgy in his case, okay? It's a clean case. That's why it's a miracle. He just approved. I couldn't figure out. Only God knows. Only God knows. I'm not here telling you, don't study your English, just pray. <laughs> That's not my point. The miracle happened on him because God knew this man will prosper the people in his workplace if he comes here. This man will prosper the community he belongs to if he moves to here. 
And this man will prosper more people in his world if he immigrate to this country. I often heard international students ask, what job I can do? What job can I do to help my immigration? I completely understand. I completely understand why you ask this question. But if you really want to help your immigration, the right question is what job you do. The right question is how do you do it? Because if you can prosper the people around you, if you can prosper the local community, I believe the immigration service will welcome you to here. And God will prosper you in his way. So today we know God's purpose for his people in this day and age is to become a blessing to the world. It's become a blessing to the world full of challenges to prosper people, to make peace with people. The more we prosper others, the more we are prospered by God. The more we bless others, the more we are blessed by God. That's God's principle. And that's why God never wants us to live like a shack in the tank. But he wants us to live in a big ocean, to become his blessing to a big world. So before I close my message today, I would like to ask you some questions. Do you have a feeling that I want to fulfill God's purpose in my life, but I have to I have to settle for what I have now because the fear of the challenges. Or you want to start a new journey to find out more God's power and miracles in, in your life. But you just don't have enough courage to live where you are now. Or you just want to find peace and prosperities in your life, but you don't know where and how can you find it. I believe today is the day God is going to change your life. God is going to change the way you think of your life. God will give you the courage. God will empower you and will give you the opportunity to become a blessing for him in this world. Now, please, let us pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for bringing all of us from different places of the world to this lovely, peaceful country. God, we are here to contribute to this country. We are here to love the people around us. And we are here 
to become your blessing to this place. God, please, we pray for more courages. We pray for more power, and we pray for more open doors for our life, so we can know you more. We can know your purpose. We can live on purpose for you. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, that's such a great challenge for us this morning. I want to ask you,、uh, how are you feeling? Are you feeling like a shark in a tank? Would you have that feeling that actually in this world, people better look out, the devil better look out, because you've got something of God's purpose on your life?、And、I think Shane's challenge to us this morning was such a good one. I'm going to ask everyone. We're just going to close our eyes for a moment. We're、uh, going to pray in just a moment, but. You know, if you're here today and you're feeling like that shark in a tank, you're not sure what your purpose is, feeling somehow shut down from who God created you to be, then at the close of the service, we would love you to come forward and get some prayer. Our prayer team would love to stand with you and pray for you and believe with you that God would lead you into the experience of life that you were created for. But as we close today, I want to speak to some people here. Maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus. You don't have that relationship with God, or maybe you've drifted from that. Maybe there was a time in your life when you knew God and walked with Him, but if you're really honest, now God's being held at arm's length. You know the Bible says that for God so loved the world that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. God loves you, and God wants you to know His purpose in your life, to experience His love. But the Bible also says in Romans chapter three that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God or the purpose of God in our lives, because we reject God. We can't know or experience His love or purpose. You know, Jesus said that I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. Through Jesus. Your sins can be forgiven through Jesus. You can be restored in your relationship with God. God will forgive you because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. And the decision is yours. The Bible also says that for all those who received Him, for those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. Is that you this morning? Are you wanting to? Are you wanting to come back to God? Are you wanting to give your life to Jesus? If that's you, you know if I'm speaking to you this morning. If that's you, then I'd like to invite you to pray this prayer after me, as you invite Jesus to come and live in your world.、It's、a simple prayer goes like this: You pray that from your heart, dear Lord Jesus, thank you that you love me. I confess this morning that I am a sinner, and I have rejected you. Is the rightful authority in my life, but I believe Jesus came for me, and so this morning I receive you, Jesus, into my life. I make you my Lord and Savior. I ask you to forgive all of my sins and make me new. God, from this day forward, I commit to live my life for you. 
thank you for receiving me as yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Now just with our eyes closed and our heads bowed just for a moment, if you prayed that prayer this morning, I'm going to ask you in just a minute to do something real brave, and that's just to put your hand up so I can see it, because I want to pray for you. I don't want to pull you out. I don't want to embarrass you, but I do want to know who I'm praying for this morning. If that's you today, and you said, yeah, Jesus, I want you in my life, would you do me the honor of just raising your hand like this right now and say, yeah, Mike, that was me. I prayed that prayer. Would you pray for me? Is anyone here this morning who'd like me to pray for them this morning, include them in this prayer? Anybody here? I can't see the hands. But you know, if you are here and you did pray that prayer, then I'm going to pray for you anyway. Mighty God, we love you. I thank you, Lord, for everyone gathered here today to worship you. God, for people this morning who made a decision to follow you, made a decision in their hearts to come back to you. God, we ask that you will surround them with your angels. God, that you will take away their shame and guilt. We pray that you will give them a new start like you promised. Father, we ask your blessing on their lives. In Jesus' name.